Welcome to the Way to Wellbeing podcast, where we explore a structured approach to well-being through the cultivation of mindfulness. This is Matthew Aldridge, and I'm a mindfulness student. And this is Barbara Newell. I'm a mindfulness teacher. So in our last podcast, we talked about the negative bias and awakening to that and being aware of it. So Barbara, what's next? Mm. Yeah. So just to briefly, briefly recap what we talked about, we talked about how there is this uh, sort of evolutionarily hardwired survival bias toward scanning around for threat and always being vigilant for what's what what might not be right, what what might be wrong, what can harm us, what we need to fix, what we need to correct, whether it's conditions around us or even things about ourselves that we think might, maybe unconsciously we think they might, I don't know, separate us from the herd, make people not like us. And so awakening to that, being aware that uh, we can, yeah, what, what used to serve as a way to keep us alive and surviving may not have caught up to our current conditions where most of the time we're not in immediate danger of of losing our life or being seriously injured. Of course, acknowledging that, yes, we, we there is a pandemic going on, and so there are all kinds of extra precautions that we're all needing to take. So as we've become aware of that, then, and aware of the fact that if we're constantly orienting toward things being wrong and kind of finding fault all the time and looking for the things that are that are not okay, again, outside us or inside us, that that in the current situation of our just our, our culture where we are mostly okay most of the time, most mm-hmm. of us are. Yeah. Um, that it can actually have a counterproductive effect where not only it, it harms us physiologically, we can get into anxiety, we can get into irritability and anger. It can actually cause us to lose connection to the herd rather than keep us connected. Mm-hmm. And also, it just, it really deprives us of the joy of living. I mean, this is an incredible gift. These bodies are amazing, amazingly designed um, um, organisms that that can have this range of experience and, and so much depth and richness of relationship. So, so it's really important once we've started to become aware of how we can have that this uh, tendency to uh, overemphasize what's wrong and worry and so on and react can we now open our field of uh, open our perspective wider really take in more of the scene right so when mm-hmm. we're when we're caught in the negativity bias it's like we're scanning and telescoping in on the one thing out of the whole landscape that might be, you know, maybe the one shaking bush out of a whole forest that's peaceful. So if we can widen the lens out and actually take in, oh, um, it's a beautiful spring day. Uh, The sun is shining. The sky is blue. It's warm enough to go out with just a light jacket and many, many other things that we can make contact with right in the present moment rather than getting caught in the worries about what might happen around the corner. And Mm -hmm. um, I have had this on my mind ever since we had our last podcast, like how we can 
really cultivate um, and remember, cultivate the skill of remembering or the habit of remembering, right? That, That there are many good, nourishing, positive elements and letting ourselves be nourished by them. So remembering to look for them instead of only just looking for the, the risks and the threats and what might go wrong, mm-hmm. and really open to all the things that are good. My teacher, Thich Nhat Hanh, used to teach about um, <clears throat> the joy of the non-toothache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he would say, you know, maybe you've had that experience where in the middle of the night you had a terrible, terrible toothache, and you had to wait five or six hours in great pain until the dentist's office would open. And in those moments, you just think to yourself, I mean, all you can think about is just how much you want to not have the toothache and how great it will feel when the toothache is finally fixed, right? When it's gone. Mm -hmm. And then he says, you go to the dentist, it gets fixed, maybe a few more days, it's sore. And you're thinking, oh, I feel so much better. And pretty quickly, we just forget and we just take it for granted. And Um, he says, can you remember again that it feels so good to have just your teeth be like fine. No pain, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, and again, we've talked about this some, I think in, in, um, I think last week we talked about when we're running and if we notice like the calves are hurting or maybe the lungs are working really hard, but all these other parts of our body are doing great, you know, and actually yeah. the lungs, again, maybe they're working hard, but they're working well and the calves too. And they're getting stronger as we, you know, do these somewhat uncomfortable things in the form of <laughs> yeah. exercise. Yeah. Um, and so as I was constant, uh, contemplating these these subjects, there were actually uh, three things that came up in my mind today. Um, two were really serendipitous from things I was listening to on the radio. Mm-hmm. And the third is um, something that's very, um, I've known about for a long time and, and I really want to uh, share with others. So first one I'll just mention is um, I was hearing a, a replay of a 2015 interview with the Benedictine monk David Steindl Rast, S-T-E-I-N-D-L, mm-hmm. Rast, R-A-S-T. He's a very popular and beloved um, kind of mystic and teacher about, yeah, living a life of meaning. And um, in the interview, there was reference made to a TED Talk that Brother David Steindl Rast had given. I haven't seen it yet myself, but it, it's about gratitude. Mm. And it has millions of views, apparently. It's a very popular TED Talk. And so I know we touched on that briefly last week. Right, right, yeah. But to really emphasize this week that gratitude is a very um, intelligent, skillful practice. It's a practice, of um, really, first of all, pausing, right? So we first we just need to have a pause, something that reminds us to pause and be aware of what the mind is doing. And so that's little things that we can build in. When I lived in the monastery, it was when any kind of bell was sounding, and we included in that the telephone ringing <laughs> and the um, the chimes on the clock. We would pause what we were doing and just breathe in and out a few times and check in. And just say, okay, like, what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. At where, have, where have I been with my mind, with my body? What am I doing? And making a fresh choice. So when we can offer ourselves those kinds of what we call bells of mindfulness, and we can, some of us like to do it, for example, with the red light when we're out driving. Like whenever I see a red light, I'm just going to 
pause and come back to the anchor that we've talked about, my anchor of mindfulness, my anchor to the present moment, and be aware of what have I just been doing. Oh, yeah, I was arguing with my uncle in my head again. Okay, that's fine. I'm not judging myself for it, but I have a fresh opportunity now to to make a new choice. Like, and maybe turn in a different direction exactly. towards something yeah. to be grateful for. Exactly. And what? so what's not wrong? Okay, my uncle isn't even here. <laughs> we had that conversation two months ago. <clears throat> and I'm still, you know, rehashing it and ruminating about it. Now, maybe there is, you know, another thing that I need to do with it. And that's a, that's a separate subject that might be a good subject for meditation or journaling. Like, okay, I'm still ruminating about Uncle John. Um <laughs> Is there something more that I need to say or express or ask or stop doing? Okay, that's a mm-hmm. very conscious examination of that. And then, but if we're, we're in the car, maybe that's not the time when we're going to do that. And so can we just take some moments to breathe in and out and feel our body right there in the moment, come back into the moment and take in all the things that are pleasant or at least neutral, the non-toothache, the car's running great. We're not rushing because we're not late. We have plenty of time. Beautiful day. Or we might even notice I am rushing and I have plenty of time. Hmm. <laughs> I noticed that about myself. This is something I do with myself. Here's a great, here's an example of what I do in this. So I have that habit. I, I like to walk a lot in town. And so I, I notice when I'm about to cross a street and, you know, let's say the, the, the pedestrian crossing light is flashing. It's starting to flash the red, like don't walk or the hand, you know, saying don't start. And I have that habit that just says, oh, speed like, up. Yeah, like hurry up and get across. <laughs> and you don't need to. I don't need to. I don't need to. And so it's a conscious practice that I still do. I still notice that push to rush and to, you know, get that extra distance while I can. And I just say, I, I don't have to, I don't have to rush. I can just. Let's pause and breathe and not worry about beating those cars that are going to start coming through their light. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's fascinating because when I started to become more aware and your awareness sometimes, as we talked about, can go towards that negative bias. And it's like, it's everything that's wrong that you're seeing. And, and I made the intentional choice to say, okay, I get that you're saying that that's okay. Yes. Acknowledge it. And but then I started noticing I, I intentionally focused on the things that were positives. It's like smells. Yes. It's like the I'm very much nature is one of the things that I can always be grateful for. Yes. And so I live in a neighborhood with a lot of big trees and just absorbing yes. the individual trees and looking and looking at details that normally we don't focus on at all. And those details are really what can bring you an excitement about life. Absolutely. And a lot of it's finding what does that for you. Exactly. Um, I mean, for me, I, it, it's kind of funny because I grew up in nature um, mm. because my, my father was really big into the outdoors. And I didn't, I, I wanted to be in the city. <laughs> yeah. Um and I thought the city was fun, it was cool. It's like so many um 
great things. But then I also realized like what nourished me was not the city. It drained me and nature nourished me and it took me a, a while uh, to figure that out. And now it's really, and it's an important thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know the things that, I mean, if I go to the beach with my dogs, those are things that are nourishing. I always know that's going to bring me joy. And so I set aside time to do it. Mm. Yeah, that is a practice of nourishing yourself with with what's positive. And it doesn't even, these are beautiful examples because they don't even have to cost you any money. Mm-mm, no. And I, I would actually suggest it's the things that don't cost money mm. that a lot of times are going to bring you more. It's spending time with you know important people in your life that you care for. It's also just focusing on the small little things. Mm-hmm. Spending time with people that, that you care for and, and being there for it. And it, mm-hmm. again, it's not to judge ourselves or punishing ourselves or punish ourselves for the fact that we do check out. I mean, again, that's just the, the mind likes to wander, but to have this practice of um, just remembering whenever we can and giving ourselves little ways to help remind ourselves, like I say, the red light, the sound of, of a phone alert or whatever. Some people set, um, you know, even actual bells to ring on their phone. There are different ways that you can do that through Insight Timer or um, a meditation group I used to belong to, mindfulnessdc.org, has a bell that you can download to go off at intervals. And when it when it sounds, as I said, you just pause for a few breaths and just notice what your mind has been doing, what your body has been doing, and just see if there's something nourishing and positive and mm-hmm. joyful, pleasant Take in the pleasant because it is available. And so especially at this time that we're all going through, of course, we all need to take in, you know, information about um, what the government is asking us to do and, you know, just be aware of, of, of serious things that are going on. We're not saying don't, don't listen to any of that. We are saying don't, don't, play yourself that tape either in your own head or on your phone or whatever device like don't watch that cnn segment over and over and over take in what you need to take in and then set it aside and then take in what nourishes and what strengthens us Mm -hmm. because that's a really important aspect to building our resilience it's like it gives us it's really like physical exercise we to be physically healthy we need to have some things that make us, you know, work. We need to have a kind of effort. Um, we need to exercise, right? We need to use our body and we need to use our mind. We need to engage with challenge. And we also need rest and nourishment and even play um, for our health. So what would you tell um, to someone who is struggling to find those things that are are nourishing at this point in time um, because I, I'll give you an example. Um, so I, I talked to someone and for them, you know, the things that were really, they, they thought were joyful or that they really enjoyed were going out to eat with friends, you know, mm-hmm. discovering new mm-hmm. places, having new experiences. Um, you know, also work was really enjoyable and all those things now mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. not available. And so what are some methods to kind of explore beyond kind of what we may typically 
That's, see. I love that question. So this really appeals to our creativity and again to this to this practice of mindfulness to come back and, and experience things freshly and say, okay, what what's here for me that isn't in my usual habitual groove? <laughs> and um, this actually brings me to the second thing that I just happened to hear on the radio this morning, and it was uh, simply talking about a book that's coming out right now, and it's called something like What It's what it's like to be a bird. (laughs) So it's by a man who's, I think, an illustrator of birds. And at a certain point after illustrating, he he got really interested in how their actions said something about their their inner state. Mm. And so he talks about different species of birds and, uh, yeah, like what it's like to be a bird. And so that is just, you talked about the the pleasure of being with nature. So here's my response to your question is, that's a really good example of how we may have found a lot of pleasure and fun in kind of, I want to say, sort of horizontal movement, kind of moving across space and going outward to, yeah, as you said, to restaurants, to movies, to concerts, and taking in stimuli that way. And now it's almost like we're invited as we're, many of us, you know, we're, we're staying at home, we're doing just a little bit of moving around. We're much closer into our, our own household and our neighborhood. And what if we now go vertically and kind of deepen downward, mm. deepen our attention downward? So like that's why I brought up the example of this book. And and they even mentioned on in, in the program, they said this, this could be great if you're spending a lot of time in your house, <laughs> just kind of looking out your window at the birds. This can really enrich. Mm-hmm your experience and your curiosity and your exploration. There are also some wonderful books out there on something called, um, I think the, the, the genre is something like um, urban wildlife, you know, or urban oh, yeah. ecology, like yeah. literally just going to an abandoned parking lot and really looking deeply with this mindfulness is, is perfect for this. Going and seeing like what, what kind of interesting things are growing up through the cracks in the pavement <laughs> um, or, or in your own loved ones. Now that we're not coming home exhausted after nine hours of work and maybe two hours of commuting round trip, all we could do is basically like, you know, throw something in our mouth and just like fall down on the couch and stare at Netflix or something. (laughs) But now we're in the house and people, I think people are discovering much, much more about their children, Mm. perhaps even about their, their dogs and cats, about their partners or about their themselves. Many we of have, us are, are staying alone. Yeah, man. Yeah, we have the opportunity to go deep. Yes. And when, you know, as we eventually will begin, you know, resuming some of our regular activities, this, let's just say it's a disaster, right? And yet this disaster may give us a fresh opportunity to make a right. conscious choice right. about right. how we want to balance these things. And yeah, maybe... Maybe we've been so focused on like putting out work and bringing in money, and obviously we need to have enough money. But but what about like that? You know, the newer model car. You know, <laughs> or do we really want to work the extra amount it takes to get the newer model car? Or would we rather have that time to look really into the eyes of our partner, of our children, and really listen to them because we have the energy and the time that we came home a little earlier, yeah. right? Um. And so the third thing I did want to mention that came up because there's a real um, wonderful body of expertise and teaching on this whole field of of taking in the good and installing it, really like soaking it in and installing it to help counteract 
that negative bias. And this mm-hmm. is the work of Dr. Rick Hansen, who's a wonderful neuroscientist and longtime meditation teacher as well. I'm going to say his website. It's rickhanson.net, R-I-C-K-H-A-N-S-O-N.net. He's written a few books on the subject. Um, one of the best known is called Hardwiring Happiness. Mm. So he's he's talking very concretely about these techniques that we can, you know, pause our habitual tendency to scan, 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 and kind of obsessed about all the things that are going to go wrong and how it's, we're not going to be able to handle it and make another choice to notice what's good, what's nourishing, what's um, sustaining and supporting us and really like soak it in for several seconds and that that helps to strengthen our resilience for the times when, when we are really challenged. Mm. Um, he, uh, he, he, he's one of his best known phrases um, is that he says the, the evolutionary, the old hardwiring makes our minds Velcro for the negative <laughs> and Teflon for the positive. It is. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. And so this practice of gratitude and taking in what's what's not wrong, what's actually fine and good and wonderful even. The the tree, I loved what you said about the tree. That's a oh. trees are magnificent. Yes. And why should we not take that in? Well, and I I can tell you through this practice that I have fundamentally shifted. Um and I can remember distinctively, I mean, let's say 3 or 4 years ago, um, and I was, I live in Detroit and there's a, a lot of challenges with Detroit. There's a lot of blight. There's a lot of businesses that are run down. And so they're suffering and, but I would focus on those things and not focus on what was positive and what was, um, it, it was just like my disposition was towards that negative. And as I practiced mindfulness, all of a sudden that, that went away, mm-hmm. it just went away. Um, and I'll, I was focused on those things that I, uh, found nourishing that were, uh, I don't want to necessarily say positive, but were things to be grateful for in life. Mm-hmm. And so many of them, and I've mm-hmm. said this numerous times, it's surprising that they're small. Yeah. They're small things that we overlook, unfortunately. And I love what you said about the horizontal versus um, going vertically and going deeper. Mm -hmm. Because I think what I see a lot of times is people are so busy and in that habitual pattern is busy, busy, busy. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we think we have to do all these activities, accomplish all these things. And that's what's going to bring us joy and happiness. And I, I mean, I learned definitely not for me. Uh, and one, you know, some of the things that bring me the biggest joys in life are, well, for one, my, my dogs who are adorable, um, who are actually with us sitting and laying down. <laughs> and, um, the other is like, it's so funny, uh, having a coffee in the afternoon. One of the yeah. funniest things that I explained to someone is that the, the Brits, the Brits actually have this appreciation for taking time out of their day to have tea. And everything stops. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And we, we need to do more of that. Mm-hmm. We need to stop and smell the roses Yeah, in life. And I, and I also want to, I'm guessing, so in what you just shared, Matthew, um, somebody might worry and say, oh, but 
does that mean that now he no longer, he's ignoring the difficulties of the people around him? And I want to tell all of you, no, Matthew is not. And I'm even going to venture to guess that you've become more empowered to respond skillfully and to help the people around you, which I see you do on a daily basis. You're right now, I, I hear you talking about doing anything you can to support businesses. You're personally helping individuals. I see this. And I'm wondering if you may have even found that when you stopped kind of fixating almost um, habitually, or some could almost say neurotically, I'm not saying you were yeah, neurotic, yeah. but just that, that, that um, the negativity bias operating and taking in all the bad and just saying, oh, this is just, it's just, you know, bad here. Bad. And, it, it, and now you're actually, you're as you've taken in more of the good, you've become more responsive to the pain that may be around you and to help people around you, you because you're solutions. nourishing yourself rather than getting um, sunk down or weighed down by the negativity bias viewpoint. Is that true? Yes. And I, I think one of the things that happens is that you, there's this realization that there's there's going to be um, things that don't work right or well. well. Obviously, based on the pandemic, as we can see, there's a lot of things that haven't gone well. Um, and you can obsess about that. You can get mad about it. And you can. Um, but what I focus on is, okay, there's an opportunity for learning. Let's see what we can do to yeah. change it. Mm-hmm. And let's look at the opportunities and be prepared um, to respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and take time out if you need, you know, yeah. to grieve. Yeah. To, I mean, many of us are experiencing very real losses. So it, we're not talking about skating over the grief and the pain. We're simply saying make time for that and also make time to remember that not all is is being lost and no. grieved, that no, many no. things are beautiful. Many people, we, we know, I mean, there are just people... Every single day, the the everyday heroes right. are stepping forward. Certainly in the the medical field, but also many other ways. Um, so we need to take that in. Also, it's really important. Yeah. Well, thank you, Barbara. I think that's all the time we have today. Thank you very much for listening. For more information, visit our website at thewaytowellbeing.com. For more information on how Barbara can help you visit her website at barbaranewell.com. Thank you again. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. During these challenging times, we're trying to do our part to help. As a teacher, Barbara provides one-on-one personal coaching to help assess and advance one's mindfulness and meditation practices. She is now offering initial consultations for free. You can go to her website, barbaranewell.com, to immediately book a time. Sessions will either be conducted via telephone or video conference. We are also exploring virtual classes and meditation sessions. Visit thewaytowellbeing.com or barbaranewell.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay informed of these developments. Lastly, if you have any ideas of other ways we can help, please contact us at the email address info at thewaytowellbeing.com. Thank you again for listening. We wish you only the best as we navigate this unique challenge.